coming in as Bloom. Bill with Dyke centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get this hour going. Another week begins. It is Monday, December 11th, and we are underway this hour on Flames Talk with Aaron Vickers of NHL.com. My name is Pat Steinberg, and welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit Calgary Lock and Safe. Dot com. We've got lots to talk about, sir. And uh, first of all, hello. How are you? Welcome. I just got alarmed when you said it was December 11th because that's two weeks till Christmas. Exactly. I have not bought one present. What am I getting you this year? I don't know. Did you just use the term boughten? Did I? Yeah. I have not purchased. I just the There's nothing. Hey, I don't work with words for a living. Cut me some slack. I thought I'd done good. <laughs> you know what? I think you're gooder than most people. So. Uh, you're bestest. We're underway on this hour. I love that. I haven't heard botten in a long time. Well played. It's a little, it's a little Grand Prairie coming out. Hey, right flag on the play. <laughs> I love me some you GP. You spent some time there I love as me well. some GP. I'm just kidding. Um, well, for the first time on Saturday afternoon, for the first time ever in an NHL game, Calgary Flames fans saw... A game with Connor Zary in it, Matt Coronado in it, and Dustin Wolf starting in net. Those are arguably the three top pro prospects in the organization. Yep. If you want to, you know, Hanzek Moran would also be in the conversation for top overall prospects, but guys who are pro age and playing pro right now, I think it's probably maybe Jeremy Poirier, but he is, is currently injured. So that is at the very least three of the top prospects, pro prospects in the organization for the first time. Zeri Coronado Wolf played in the same game, and that was pretty fun. I know a lot of Flames fans were excited about uh, about seeing that. So let's let's talk about it all. First of all, to a text that we got last hour that said, you know, in a lot of ways maybe the rebuild's already begun. I will say that that the Flames have done a nice job of even without having made the significant trades that some people want to see or some people are anticipating, they've done a pretty solid job of getting youth involved. I know Pospisil didn't play on Saturday, but he's gotten a good look. We know how big a look Zeri's gotten and how much he's given this team a shot in the arm offensively. Coronado got back in the NHL lineup. Wolf's gotten some time over the last little bit. Um, So they have done... A much or, or they have made a much more concerted effort this season in really serving youth and really giving younger players an opportunity to sink or swim at the NHL level. And it was by design. We heard Craig Conroy all throughout the summer say they're going to not necessarily keep spots open for the kids, but they're going to give them the opportunity should they deserve it, should they earn it. And we've seen that. We saw it with Soloviev when he came up and he got a Winter Classic game in and he's up here now. We've seen it with Coronado making the team out of camp, and Coronado wasn't quite ready, so he went down to the AHL at 18 points in 14 games and earned a recall. We've seen it with Connor Zary, who's come in and just been a revelation for the Calgary Flames, and we've seen it with Pospisil, who, as you mentioned, missed Saturday because of the flu and has had a really strong showing over his full course of body of work, in my opinion, as well. So the texture, in a way, is kind of right. It's almost like the sneaky rebuild has begun. They've injected a lot of youth into the lineup. Yep. Oh, and I didn't even mention Dustin Wolf in that stretch. who's gotten four games now, so yep. credit to him as well. 
But yeah, you're starting to see more and more youth integrated into the lineup, and that was something that Craig Conroy kind of vowed to do when he took over the job as GM. Um, Connor Zary continues to impress, and it's going to be very interesting to see how things play out on Monday evening in Colorado. Um, NHL.com's projected lines after watching morning skate in Denver have Connor Zary on a line with Elias Lindholm and Yegor Sharangovich for the first time. So a top line promotion, if you will, for Connor Zary and an opportunity to play on that line with Lindholm. Um, he has already given this team a significant shot in the arm offensively. He's put himself in the Calder Trophy conversation. He's put himself in the uh, rookie scoring conversation, especially if you prorate points and games. Yep. Um, I, I'm really interested to see if Zary on a line with Lindholm can help get Elias's game to be a little bit more dynamic and help Elias's game to be a little bit more consistently impactful because He's had good games. He's had games where he's been very quiet. And I know that he's you know, tied for the team lead in scoring, I think. But they, I think it's safe to say they also, if Lindholm's their number one center, they need him to be more of a consistent impact maker this season. So I'm curious if uh, Zeri, who's been an absolute revelation for this team, I wonder if Zeri, I'm wondering if Zeri can help bring that out. And that's a lot to ask of a first-year NHLer, but the way that he's played and, and his dynamic the way he's played and, and how dynamic he's been, I think at the very least, it's, it's worth keeping an eye on. Well, we saw the job he did with Nazem Kadri, and I'm going to put the caveat on that the underlying metrics for Nazem Kadri in terms of high danger chances, high dangers, you know, scoring opportunities, were already trending in a positive direction for Nazem Kadri. But as soon as Connor Zeri showed up, that line really took off, and you even add Pospisil to it. So I'm curious if some of the same formula can happen with Elias Lindholm and just... I don't even want to say research. You're just flipping through the stats page for the Calgary Flames. Connor Zary leads the Flames in points per game. 0.71. He's on pace. If he had been up from day one, he'd be on pace for a 24-goal season over a full 82-game schedule. Like, he hasn't come in and, and oh, he kind of helped there here, and he kind of helped there, and maybe they don't win this game if he's not. No, he's been one of their biggest driving forces offensively, and from a points-per-game standpoint, the biggest... And he's a rookie. So you want to talk about youth being served and okay, if you've earned an opportunity, you're going to get it. And if you seize that opportunity, you're going to stay. Connor Zary has given the Calgary Flames no reason to tinker with yeah. him whatsoever. And in fact, they're promoting him and they're continually promoting him. And one of the most impressive things that I think in terms of his body of work through 17 games since being recalled on November 1st is he's got 11 even strength points. 11 of his 12 points have come at even strength. So it's not like he's just banking points on the power play. He's getting it done on five on five. I'll be really curious if and when he's lining up to the left of Elias Lindholm, he's able to jumpstart that number one center as well. Yeah. And I mean, look, maybe it doesn't work and maybe it just, the, the chemistry isn't there and you know that you can put Zeri right back with, with Codring and you know, that's going to work. But absolutely. The other thing is they need more from Andrew Mangiapane as well. And, and I think, just overall, if you are factoring in the offensive impact, you're factoring in the overall impact. I think Nazem Kadri has been their best center since the beginning of November. And it's funny you say that because I have the stats from November one, the moment Connor's area was called up. Kadri leads the flames with 16 points in that stretch. How many games? 18. So, 16, near, so po near point, near point per, per game. game. Yeah. Um, which on this team is significant because they, they have, don't really have anybody overall who's even close to point per game right now. I think Zary, I, I think Kadri's been their best center. Yep. And maybe trying to get some of Kadri's 
jam and the way he's playing right now to rub off on Manjapani, who could definitely use a kick in the pants in terms of his impact. I think there's there's a little bit of a, a benefit there. So, you know, when I saw those lines and, and when we got a glimpse of morning skate, uh, thanks to your colleague in, in Denver. I don't know if you can trust anybody from NHL.com. I can trust everybody Perfect. from NHL.com. Uh, you're just like, okay, I'm really interested to see that because they need Lindholm and they need Manchapani to be a little bit more or a lot more impactful on a regular basis here. And I wonder what uh, potential return, this isn't how they're going to line up, but I would have wondered how Manjiapani could have bounced back or maybe found his game alongside Backlund and Coleman because we've seen that trio absolutely flourish together. But at the same time, I don't know if you necessarily need to see a Hubert Cadre reunion as well. So that doesn't necessarily fit, but rolling through these lineups and taking a look at how they may be deployed on Monday night against Colorado Avalanche. I'm sorry, I got to go back to that top line and seeing if Zary can inject some life or some some pace or whatever you want to call it with Elias into Elias Lindholm, particularly because you got Sharon Govich, a guy who plays with a lot of pace and a lot of skill on the right side as well. I'm curious as much about the Zary Lindholm connection as a potential Zary Sharon Govich connection as well. Yeah, and and I do I do think Sharon Govich is has been a real nice fit on the right side with Lindholm. So if they can get a and, and here's here's what it comes down to more than anything else is that. Zeri also deserves the promotion. Oh yeah. He's been he's been one of their more consistent players. He's been one of their more electric players and for a team that struggles to generate high-end offense, a guy like Zeri in the in in the situation that he's in, a guy like Zeri who's been able to jump into his first ever NHL action and make the type of impact he's made, he deserves a ton of credit for not dipping his toe in the water. He deserves a ton a ton of credit for jumping in and having the confidence to do the things that he'd do at the other levels he's excelled at. A lot of guys don't have that confidence in their first NHL stint. Zeri showed it from the get-go. So he deserves any of the accolades we've talked about. He deserves any of the ice time bumps that we've talked about. I give him a ton of credit. And and he he's one of the big reasons why, if you're a Flames fan, you're saying, okay, maybe I'm okay with them trading away the UFAs, bringing in some other young players, bringing in some other picks, and going younger a little bit because the way that Zeri has played and even Pospisil and Wolf to, to an extent as well, they've come in and they've helped the team. And youth is, as we talked about, youth is already being served. So why not more of it? Because it's really helped this team be a more exciting and probably better group than at times they were last year. Well, and it makes it more um, easier to digest, I guess I'll say, when you have a couple young players really playing well. And, and for Zary, he's exceeded my expectations. Um, I think Wolf comes in right even. Pospisil has exceeded my expectation of him as well. When you have these players that are playing to expectation or above expectation, when, and what is expectation worth? Nothing at the end of the day. But when they're playing at such a level, it makes it easier to want to put in another one and see how he does and put in another one and see how he does from a, I, I would think from a, certainly from a media standpoint for me, I would think from an organizational standpoint and certainly from a fan base standpoint, who's been for lack of a better term, just dying to see some of these young kids starve play starve for that's a great term. And to Zary's point, I want to see more of Zary and I hope this does result in a bump in ice time as well, because since being recalled, he's third on the team in points with 12 and 17 but he's eighth in ice time. So when you prorate ice time per se or production per 60 and all that, there's even more room to grow in his, in his just raw point totals. And I'm curious to see if 
the move to an Elias Lindholm line also accompanies a little bit of a bump in ice. Not that he was struggling. I mean, he's still playing 15 minutes a night when he was alongside Nazem Kadri. But I wonder if this might unlock maybe just a bit more ice time as well. Yeah. Um, on the text line at 960-960, this text says, so let's break up what's working What's working to see if something else can work. If Lindholm heats up but Kadri falls off, what's the difference? But if neither plays well, then you've lost them both. I don't know if I agree with that, just because you can always go back to what Yeah, we don't know if this before. is a, a one game, a one period, or a one week experiment with uh, Lindholm and Zeri, but why not try it? If it worked the first time, maybe it can work a second time. And then... Nazem Kadri certainly, if he's not, he should be feeling great about his game. So maybe some of that permeates over to Andrew Mangiapane as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a promotion for Zeri to play with Lindholm, to be honest. Kadri's been night and day in comparison to Lindholm. And and I'm with you, as I said. Like Kadri's been their best forward, I think, for the last month and a half here, since yeah. since the beginning of November. He's been really strong. So So I guess what I think we're talking about is Maybe it's not a promotion so much. If you don't want to call it a promotion, maybe it's just a really good indication of how highly they think of Connor Zeri because I think more than anything else, they're looking at Zeri and saying, okay, we need that Lindholm line to be more dynamic. We trust that Kadri and Pospisil have got something going. We trust that Kadri's game is in good shape. Let's see if Zeri and his energy and his skill and his speed can really jumpstart things on the Lindholm line. To me, it's an indication as to what they think about Connor. And to me, if both Nazem Kadri and Elias Lindholm are playing at their peak and they're playing at their 100% max output, to me, Lindholm should be a better player. So trying to get Zeri to unlock what's missing, if you will, and I say missing, like he's still leading the team in points, Elias Lindholm, is last I checked. I don't know if anything changed from Saturday night, but he's still on paper your best forward. And if Connor Zary can help elevate him to get to that, well, then you're in a better position if you're the Calgary Flames in my books. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's the Connor Zary conversation. And then there's the uh, Matt Coronado conversation. And uh, it's time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. It's that time to stock up for the celebrations that matter with ingredients that help make memories. Visit Calgary Co-op where life's in store. And let's talk Matt Coronado because uh, looks like Monday in Colorado, he's going to be a healthy scratch. And that is not something that has gone over very well for uh, the Flames fans on Twitter. I did um, surf into your mentions. Might have come up. And look, I'll ask the question inside hockey. What's it going to take for Matt to stay in the lineup here? And I don't know that answer because I really believe that he could help this second power play unit. I really believe that he's a guy that can give an offense that isn't always the most high octane, a little bit of a shot in the arm. But after getting back in the lineup Saturday afternoon after the recall, he's right back to being a healthy scratch. And it feels like right now the coaching staff just doesn't truly 100% trust him yet. Uh, even listening to when I think it was Pike who asked Ryan Huska postgame about him on Saturday, what do you think of Matt Coronado? I thought, yeah, he had a couple of good moments, but a couple of times he didn't get the puck deep that uh, kind of hurt us, so I thought he was okay. Pospisil's healthy to come back. He comes back in. Coronado comes out of the lineup. But with the way this power play is going, man, and, and even with the way some of the forwards are playing, Mangiapane, Dubé, uh, Rizichka, I just, I do think that Coronado could help this group right now. And so one game in, one game out, and I don't think the Flames want him sitting 
for long periods of time. So if he's not going to be getting back into the lineup on this road trip, maybe a return to the Wranglers is what we're going to see. But yeah, I, I know that, that one has definitely made some waves on social media. For me, I'd just like to see more consistency shift in, shift out for Coronado. And that kind of lends into Ryan Huska talking about the decision-making elements and the processing of the game at the NHL level to certain degrees. I didn't see him really stand out positively or negatively significantly Saturday versus New Jersey. And he's a player that needs to stand out. He needs to open eyes. This isn't a case of, you know, it's best if you don't notice Solovyov out there because he's a defensive defenseman. The less you notice Solovyov, the more he's doing his job, to be perfectly honest. Matt Coronado isn't and can't be that way. He's got to positively impact the game every shift, whether it's simply getting pucks in deep and chasing, whether it's making skilled plays along the wall, whether it's puck retrievals, and we know he's really good at that. He's able to pickpocket the opposition really well. He's got one of the best shots among the forward group. I think that's indisputed. It undisputed. We're doing really well with words today, but I think it needs to be more consistently delivered out of Coronado. And look, this is his first pro year. He played college last year. Mm -hmm. He's still learning the pro game, never mind the NHL game, even though he did dominate at the AHL level offensively. I just think more consistency at five on five is what the coaching staff's looking for out of Matt Coronado. Yeah. I I just, I don't know. I just, I, I think that there is something to be said about a guy that can help your offense. And mm-hmm. I, I, I understand that, Right now, there's there's still, and I don't know if this is 100% correct, but I, I probably were talking about a an earning it situation. Like, hey, yeah. you need to earn it, and this We've is, seen Zeri do it. We've seen Pospisil do it. Well, and I just think that Zeri and Pospisil have paid their dues in the American League, and I think that there's something to be said. I, I think for a lot of coaches, there's something to be said for that. And Coronado's a pro rookie, right? So I think even even in that respect, there might be a little bit of, hey, you know, you still got to earn it. You still got to pay your dues. And we're going to defer to player X with more experience. If it's a, if it's a 50-50 or if it's a question mark, we're going to defer to the guy with more pro experience or with more NHL experience. And I, I, I guess I understand that. I just, I do think that there is something that Coronado can still bring this group. And, you know, it's kind of, it's a lot to ask for Coronado to step back into his first NHL game in a month and a half and make a really big impact and have all the details and, and be exactly what you were looking for. You know, there's still, you know, I think there's some confidence. Um, there's been some confidence challenges on the Coronado front because he got started in the NHL and got sent down. And then he gets called up, misses a game on Friday. And then all of a sudden is playing against the devils on Saturday on a line with Kadri and, and Zary. It's like, I just think that, you probably could have given him a little bit more leash before putting him back in the press box. But that's why we're not coaches, and that's why they're paid to make these decisions. Well, and to your point, he's still with the team, and it wouldn't shock me one bit to see him on this road trip. And you're right in the sense that he has an element to his game that can help the Calgary Flames, especially up front. Like He's got that (laughs) shot. He's got that goal-scoring ability. He's got very few players on this Calgary Flames team can change the look of a game with one shot. He's one of those guys. But just because he has that element, and there are other elements he has, don't get me wrong, but just because he has that one element doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be in night in, night out if he's not doing, he's not ticking every box that the coaching staff lays out for him. And I guarantee you they have a plan for him and they have areas we need to see you do this, this, and this, and we need to make sure that you don't do this, this, and this. I guarantee you that he's been 
relayed the message of what the coaching staff wants to see out of him. And it'll be up to him to check the box. Uh, here is assistant coach Dan Lambert uh, spoke with Eric Wills for Monday's pregame show on the coaches show. And uh, Dan Lambert was asked about what he saw from Matt Coronado on Saturday as well. He made a lot of good plays. Um, he, he hit the post there. I, I think that was in the second period, um, you know, on, on a, on a rush where, um, you know, that's what he does. I mean, uh, you know, he also can, he's got a lethal shot that, that can, that, can end up in the back of the net at any given time. So um, he, he did a lot of good. Um, I think there were a few puck decisions or turnovers, you know, that, that I think he'd like back. But other than that, I thought his, uh, his work ethic and his compete was real good. And, and uh, like I said, he, he did make some plays at times. So that was Dan Lambert on uh, the coaches show, which you hear on pregame only live. We don't uh, podcast the pregame show just because, it's got very little shelf life, but uh, that was Dan Lambert, assistant coach of the Flames, in conversation with Derek Wills about just that. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, Coronado gets back into the lineup on Tuesday in Vegas. Sometimes you do see changes on the second half of a back-to-back. I do think that if we're not going to be seeing him in the near future, that they probably do send him back to the Wranglers. Wranglers are on the road this weekend. They go on a five-game road trip, and, and the, the organization wants him playing. So you've got coaching staff who makes the immediate NHL lineup decisions. And then you've got management who's in the bigger picture trying to do kind of what's right for certain players. So we'll see how that plays out for Matt Coronado as well. Uh, That's our look inside hockey on this uh, Monday edition of Flames Talk. It's brought to you by Calgary Co-op. Flames fans, meet Cal and Gary. Top products curated for Calgarians, and we mean every single one of you. Only available at Calgary Co-op. Visit them today. A few texts at 960-960. This says, I think Matt hitting the bar on the rush at the end of his shift exemplified the pop this kid could give the team. Play the kids, please. And that's kind of where I am, too. Like, he has got the ability to wire it. And they don't... Sharon Govich has got that ability, and we're seeing it a little bit more. And we're seeing him be a little bit more confident. But if you could have a shooting threat on each of your power play units, I don't know. Something to be said for that, if you ask me. I kind of just like the idea of having them both on the same unit. And then you have... A right-handed shot on the left side, able to let it go, and a left-handed shot on the right side, able to let it go. I think that would lend a little bit to the unpredictability factor. And again, you'd have to get them on the same unit in order to execute that. And we all know Jonathan Huberto likes to operate off the half wall as well. But having two shots like that on opposite sides with their sticks open for one-timers or what have you, I think that that could be a very intriguing option for the Flames. This says Coronado's not being given a a fair shake, bottom line. Uh, This says Coronado just needs to be more assertive. Uh, A little bit on Matt Coronado, who uh, looks like he will be a healthy scratch in Monday's game against the Colorado Avalanche. We'll uh, see when the team hits the ice for game day on Monday, but that's the way it was trending at Morning Skate, uh, thanks to our friends at NHL.com. He is Aaron Vickers, also from NHL.com. My name is Pat Steinberg. As this hour of Flames Talk is underway, and whether you're a fan of sports or a fan of great deals, our friends over at 403 Local, they are the place to be. So every time the local hockey heroes hit the ice, you've got the game day special at 403 Local, and it is a good one. Two beers and a pizza for just 20 bucks. You're not getting two beers for 20 bucks at a lot of places right now. Like we're talking about 950 for a pint in a lot of spots right now. That's not even a criticism. I understand the economy's tough, but 
two beers and a pizza for 20 bucks. You're not beating that. And that's every game day when the flames play. Also on Sundays, they've got wall to wall, big screens. We've got three weeks left, four weeks left rather in the regular season. And then it's playoff time in the NFL. Sundays is for football with all their big screens and 50 cent wings with happy hour all day. They also do 50 cent wings on Wednesday. On Monday, it's dry ribs night, just five bucks a pound. And they also have daily happy hour from three till 6 p.m. Lunch specials weekdays from 1130 till 230. And of course, 403 Local available for your private functions. Visit 403 Local in Lake Bonavista and at 403local.com. Flamestock is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. All right, Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers along with you on this Monday edition of Flamestock. And Mondays mean a look at the future of the Flames. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they believe they can give patients more time, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. And we always look at the future of the Flames with the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, Trent Cole, who joins us right now. Wranglers took a 6-2 win over Manitoba Friday at the Scotiabank Saddledome before falling 4-3 in overtime on Sunday afternoon to that same Manitoba team. Wranglers now up to 16-4-2 on the season. That puts them number one overall in the American League. Mr. Cull, good to talk to you as always. How are we doing today? Doing well, guys. Doing well. I was actually just driving home before and was listening to your show there. So you guys were just talking about the youth movement for the Flames. So I guess we're picking it up right where you left off. Absolutely. I guess. And uh, you, you, have to be, uh, you have to be pretty thrilled to see some of those young guys making the impacts they're making on the NHL team right now. It is, you know, like, um, it's just funny listening to you guys talk, like it just listen to the names, you know, and how many of those guys have played obviously just for the Wranglers alone this season. Right. And so, uh, so yeah, it is, it's a great thing. It's, uh, and that's what I'm kind of thinking to myself. I'm like, well, you know, who's left, you know, we keep getting, it's almost <laughs> like the whole team seems like it's getting up there, but it's a great thing. And, and one thing we're getting, uh, it's almost like anybody who is in the organization is now, you know, with us, with the Wranglers and we're getting to look at everybody from top to bottom and, and getting to see everybody uh, have a chance to play. Well, and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious as to your take on the weekend. Uh, you pick up three of the four possible points against that Manitoba, Manitoba Moose squad uh, in your own building. Like, How do you, with, with the group that you uh, have this weekend, how did you like the way your team played in two games against the Moose? You know what, I really, I thought we were really good top to bottom the first night, uh, Friday night. Uh, I really liked our game, uh, you know, the score indicative kind of how we played but i just i just thought we were really solid and then the, the sunday the one o'clock it was just kind of a for me it's one of those games it's a it's a weird feeling game you know and i thought we we're you know our, our high-end guys were we're playing pretty good and and uh it was just one of those nights so you're kind of looking for someone to, to add a different little bit of a spark and it was fine it was three three but i didn't like how we scored a third goal and they come right out and we allow them to get their third goal like within 10 12 seconds so was disappointed with that and then you know we lost in overtime so you know we're we've established a culture that we want to win and especially win in when the game's on the line and, and every point matters you know it's no different than any other game so but uh but anyways it was overall it was pretty decent with our, our different guys having different looks playing with different people and and that i i have to give some leeway on that kind of that stuff that's happening with our team right now too. well and that's that's a that's kind of where i was going next you've got 
you know, a number of, of injuries on your group to, to key players, whether it be on defense or some of your veteran forwards. We just lost uh, Trent if we could uh, reset and call him back uh, or, or just wait for him to call back. But right now, you, do you have that injury list up in front of you right now, Vic? So this is as of December 8th. Brett Sutter, day-to-day lower body. Clark Bishop, day-to-day lower body. Sam Jardine, week-to-week upper body. And, of course, Jeremy Poirier out indefinitely with that laceration. So that is as of December 8th just heading into the weekend. So, and and we've got Trent back. So, you know, Trent, you, you've got some injuries on your defense. You've got some injuries to some of your key vets up front. And you have a, a number of players recalled as well. Like, it, uh, you, you've coached in this league before. You've been a, in a, a head coach in the American League for a long time. So you understand the nature of the AHL. But is it usually this much of a challenge early on in a year, kind of managing your roster? Because you've had a lot to contend with this year. Yeah, you know what? Like normally, usually you get through Christmas normally, right? Like, and then after that, it's kind of sometimes in January it starts happening. The injuries start happening. Maybe the NHL team starts, uh, you know, implications on your team and start our some of our injuries, etc. So it has happened a little bit early for us this year, but uh, but you know, with that, it is it, it's kind of. It, it's kind of how it goes, and so hopefully sometimes you can go through this, and then then what we get to see too is you get a couple guys like Rory Karens who all of a sudden you know was out at the start of the year and now comes in and just is solidifying himself as, as an American Hockey League player, so it's great. So you get to see these other guys come in, and then and for me my job is to try to fix and find the right matches, and then we have different guys penalty killing with mm-hmm. some of the other injuries and and doing it in no power play, so. For me, it's uh, like I was looking, I was just watching the Leaf game, and I'm looking at, you know, just watching those, and you forget in the NHL, like how long some of these players will play with each other for. So they really get to, to know each other pretty well, you know, on the ice, off the ice, et cetera. Here, it's almost like a toss salad. You never know what's going on from one weekend and who, what you're adding in or taking away every weekend. So, And, and, and that's kind of like, what are... What what then become the challenges for a head coach knowing that right now the roster has constantly been in flux? Is it just is it just combinations and, and penalty kill units and, and chemistry? Is that the, the main challenge for a coach? Yeah, well, it's also our power play. Like that's kind of one thing that's kind of sank for us over the last, you know, we'll say five, six games. Our power play's kind of gone through the ringer and it's not performing at the and we knew for a while there we were really busy. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with all our games. So you don't get a chance to practice those things. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's something that we need to get better at. And it's finding the right pieces. And sometimes maybe it isn't the right piece. I mean you've only got what you've got. And so but you're gonna have to make do with what you have. So um, but I do always really like the, the next man up kind of theory and uh, where guys do get an opportunity to play or maybe someone you, you didn't think would, would be that guy. Hey, you know what? we we got to give him a chance here. we got to get this guy up to speed on the penalty kill or the power play, excuse me, and then and see if they can do that job. You know, And so sometimes you, you find those, those little uh, maybe something about a player that you didn't see before and, and it's a great fit for us. I mean, we had uh, William Rydell came in this weekend and he played forward for us. Well, he's a really good good skating defenseman and all of a sudden hmm. he was on the forecheck and, and he did a, a real solid job for us for the two games. We are chatting with Calgary Wranglers head coach Trent Cull as we do Mondays here on Flames Talk. Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers along with you, Vicks. Coach, I know you haven't had Brett Sutter in the lineup recently and of course that's your captain. I'm just curious, who do you look for to step up in the absence of a captain on the ice and in games when you're either facing a crunch or times are tough? 
Well, I thought that uh, I looked at Clark Bishop, and then he got injured, yeah. and then yeah. uh, you know it's nice to have Gallant, you know, but he got suspended. <laughs> so I mean, we have some different voices in the room, but uh, what I will say is that uh, really, right now where we sit is is kind of the the strength of our team every night has to be our defensive group, our defensive core, and uh, I know we've had guys and solos gone up, et cetera, but you know with Aspero and De Simone, those are you know two veteran guys in the league. We just added Mark Pesic, so now he's playing with uh, Kuznetsov, who I think Kuzi's had a pretty good start to this year. That's a pretty good, I think, combination. I'm hoping that that can work. And then we have Pullman pre- playing with Brady Lyle. Like All those guys have got AHL experience, and those guys have got to be – they can't be average. They have to be above average for us every night for our team because – they should be, you know, and that's kind of the demand that's going to be put on those guys. And it is put on those guys. So um, if they have a rough night, then we're going to have a rough night as a team, especially because right now we're really, uh, no, I'm not going to say thin, but different up front right now. We're, we're not the Pospisil, uh, Zari, you know, powerhouse that's going out there all the time. And you take JP off your power play, that certainly changes things as well. So um, I think that's where it's just, uh, that's kind of where I see the, the strength of our team. And then, and, and we need, we have had good goaltending all year long too, which really helps us and solidifies a lot of things too. I was going to say, I feel like I'm Oscar Danska's official reporter because every time I have you on, I ask you about him, but how does the goaltending situation and particularly with Dansk, how does he factor into the leadership? Is it more just the calming presence back there? Or is he a pretty vocal guy? Yeah, no, I think he's he's more the, the calm, uh, collective, you know, kind of elder statesman back there. And that's, you know, kind of just, and not to lump him in, but I kind of do lump him in with the, with the D, you know, like our, I, I refer to it as our back end. Like our back end has to be strong every night, and it should be, you know what I mean? And so that's, those guys have got it, and I know they do. And, you know, if they're, if they're not, like, really sharp, you know, or shutting down other teams' offense, then we're going to have that tough time. And I think we've done a really good job. Usually what it is is you can teach defense and get everybody on the same page. And and even the new guys coming in, there's going to be mistakes. And and I totally understand that. But if you have that structure and we get everybody to kind of buy in, which they have, and they've done a great job, so the biggest factor is though, is scoring goals. Like that's it's tough to create offense, and that's something that we've found a way so far to do. I mean, it wasn't really. Uh, I mean, we still scored three goals uh, on yesterday, but still, that, that's something that we have to keep finding a way because it's not easy. And you guys see it in the National Hockey League for sure. I mean, if you can score some goals, it kind of gets you out of some trouble too. Because you mentioned him a little bit earlier, I'm just curious of what you've seen out of Rory Karen so far this year. The stat sheet looks great for him. He's got nine goals and 16 points in 16 games. But I'm just curious from a from a more personal level, what have you seen in terms of his development so far this year? I think sometimes, and uh, I was listening to you guys talk about Connor Zari before, and I think like for me, you were talking, I think, about how he's come into the Flames lineup and, and he's added a spark and he's and he's been consistent and providing for them too. Well, sometimes, like, everybody uh, progresses at their own pace. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it took Connor, like, I think this is his, is this his third or fourth year pro that he's now playing there? So third year pro, everybody, yeah. I, yeah, it takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of time for these guys to go through all that process and, and to then be able to get there and go through some ups and downs at this level. So then when they get there, they're stronger mentally, physically, and all that uh, I think can happen. So where the guy like going back to Rory is, you know, this guy played in the East Coast League last year. He came here and he was, I I know that the talk with with my boss, Brad, is like, yeah, I'm going to show everybody wrong. Like I, I can play here. I can do this. And so when he started the year, like I thought he was okay in Penticton. And then when he came to main camp, you know, he kind of got separated down the third group, but, 
his practices for the first month, he didn't get a chance to play and he was practicing hard and he was working really hard. And he understood like, you know, he's got to bring it every day. And that was the talk. Like you've got to bring it every day in practice to give yourself an opportunity. And when the opportunity comes, you're going to have to run with it. Well, he did all that, you know, and I think that's really good. I'm really happy for him because he's finding success uh, offensively, which is a big spark for our team. And we needed that. And, And not only that, but, He's got that knack and that ability, and he did it the other night again. Like he 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 scores timely goals for us, which is awesome. And uh, sometimes you just have to have a nose for the net, and that's what that guy has for sure. We are chatting with Trent Cull. He's the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. It's the future of the Flames here on Flames Talk. My name is Pat Steinberg with Aaron Vickers. A um, couple more individuals, and 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 if you don't mind, just want to double back to goaltending for a second because. Uh, we we know how comfortable you are with Dustin when he's with you, and we know how comfortable you are with Oscar Danskin and the weekend he just had. And and when Dustin has been recalled to the American League, it's been Oscar Danskin, Connor Murphy, who's come in to be the number two. And and while he hasn't played in the in, in the AHL yet, and he's still waiting for his first game, you know you you would have seen him at practice, you would have been around him. I'm just curious as to your early impressions of Murphy because I know that the the Flames and the goaltending staff. Are are really high on what he might be. What are your impressions about his demeanor, practice habits, all that type of stuff that you can glean from having him with your group? Yeah, and that's the other thing is it's nice for these guys, like for Connor specifically, to be around us, to be at this level. So he's had a couple different intervals with us now. Um, you know, another good week you'll have your head of like practice. So I think it's really good for him to get himself acclimated to the AHL, feeling the game speed, seeing it all happen, watching these games, being here live. I've got no hesitations about putting him in here. It's just we're in at one of those schedules with a little bit of a slow schedule. So sometimes our, our track record here so far this year, and we talk about this with the goalie coaches, with everybody about, you know, my boss, whatever, what do we think the right path is this weekend? Or And sometimes we're, we're thinking there, you know, hey, like, Maybe Wolfie might not be here next week, so maybe we should get him a couple games here while he's here, and that might even be back-to-back situations. And then you know, then you got Oscar going next weekend. And so, what I've found right now is just that I've I've liked Oscar when he was he was running hot for us there when Dustin was up a couple uh, weeks ago and played some great hockey for us. So now we want to get him getting up and, and right back to that level. But I think the next time we're in these back-to-back situations, that I, especially when we're on the road or we have travel, that this will be uh, Connor's opportunity at some point, you know. And, and uh, but big goalie to answer your question, I like how he's his work ethic and not only that, his pace is getting better. And, and it's odd to say that about a goaltender, but. Yeah. When I first saw him in training camp, I feel like it was uh, he was started uh, slowing down a little bit. Well, I feel like his conditioning or his pace level is better now, and it's catching up to the American Hockey League, which I think is really important. Um, you know, it's it's funny being around an AHL team and and. Being a, a first-year North American pro is also the situation William Stromgren's been, been in. He's uh, got 20 games with your group under his belt. I'm just curious as to how you've, you know, through a quarter of his of his season now with your group, how you've seen William Stromgren ag- adapt to the American League and and the North American game. Well, he's he's getting opportunity now through all these transactions that we've previously talked about, right? He might there's a time there where. I think he may have got about nine, ten games straight at the start of the year, and then all of a sudden we're we're healthy. We've got some bodies, and it's like, well, like you know, and and learning that 
you've got to really consistently bring it every night. And that's that's the thing. And it's a huge acclimation for some of these guys, right? The size of the ice, uh, the consistency of our games. I mean, we were playing every other day, it seemed like, there for a while. And so now all of a sudden, these guys are, you know, they, like you said, they've played 20 games. Or we've played 22 games already. We're not even to Christmas yet. So I think that is a, is a big uh I guess, learning curve for them, for sure. Um, so I think, Will, we're, we're getting him on the power play. We feel good about him five on five. There's games where he's showing off his ability with the puck and his skill. And I think, uh, honestly, like his checking and the consistency of that checking and being involved and and not uh, not giving up space. You know, a lot of times with guys coming from Europe, it's more of an angling game, whereas here it's just so detrimental to give up time and space. And that's right. where he's learning to take away opposition's time and space. And then all of a sudden he, he learns by two that he then gets the puck back. So so that's where we are. I think it's been a good curve for him. And, and it's been uh, kind of like, I guess, a normal kind of development uh, route for, for a lot of young guys getting here. So, Coach, I, I see the, the schedule. You've got five on the road before you hit your Christmas break. So are you is that is that a full on five game road trip for the group? Or are you gonna come back to Calgary in between? How how's the group treating that? No, we don't come back. So uh, just uh, just to give you a little insight. So we played that game yesterday. We had a Christmas party our boss had, had put on for our team, so we had a great meal last night. So that was awesome. And then it was a mandatory day for everybody to stay away from the rink today, which is that's our first one this year. So there's no trainers. No one like I just wanted everybody to get a day. And really what it boils down to is spend it with your family, get your Christmas shopping done now yeah. if you want to, because we've, we're, we're leaving Thursday, we're flying out and we don't come back till well into uh, the afternoon, early evening of Christmas Eve. So um, it, it's a busy time. I guess that's the, 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 good and bad part of the you know pro hockey in the american league there's not a charter waiting for you after the game right so but uh and it's it's a real quick christmas break and turnaround for our guys this year unfortunately but uh but it's good uh i think we're excited to get away on the road that's one thing it's always nice to hit california and this kind of weather which is, is great and there's some extra days there in between so maybe some days where we can get a get a little christmas shopping done for the families as well as before we come home so and and you know you take a look at it you've got You've got those five games, and it's going to be a, a full-on five-game road trip. You've got games through San Jose, Bakersfield, and then Raps in Colorado. Is that good challenge? Do you, do you like that challenge before you hit Christmas? Yeah. It, 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 you know what it is? It's a challenge, and it's, uh, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, like, you know what it's like. You get closer to Christmas. Like, uh, you know, you got some young kids. Oh, boy, it's exciting to get a few days off or seeing my family or et cetera, right? So, just making sure that we're we're staying dialed in. I mean, uh, but sometimes I do like the idea of us being on the road before Christmas because then we're all together. We're all kind of dialed in together. And, you know, all of a sudden, then when you're done, it's like, okay, now we can scatter and go to Christmas. And, and so you maybe because you're not at home, I think sometimes you can be a little more focused on the road with these things. I mean, we're all, they're all human. So am I, you know, I mean, sometimes you, you love the, the excitement of Christmas and seeing your family or something like that. So, so on the road, California, warm weather. I don't think we won't be thinking Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Well, uh, good luck on the trip coach. Really appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate the insight. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Thank you, coach. 
All right, boys. Thank you for having me. Take care. You as you as well. That is uh, Trent Cull. He's the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. He joins us Mondays on our Future of the Flames segment brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how an idea originating in Calgary inspired hope for many, visit Oncolyticsbiotech.com. As we start to wrap up this hour, thanks to uh, Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers. Thank you, Vicks. My pleasure. It's been a good run with you. I know. It's almost time to hand the reins over to a Flames Talk fam member, Wes Gilbertson. Wes Gilbertson back from Hawaii, and uh, he'll be uh, rejoining us on Tuesday for the rest of the week. Uh, Thanks so much to Cam and Taylor, our outstanding producers as well. This hour wraps up. It's been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.